We all face similar challenges when trading creativity for money. Around this invisible campfire, we'll listen to the kind and kindred voices of women in design and learn the stories below the fold. I'm Erin Anaker, a people enthusiast at my nimble little business, Pixology. Well, friends, this week's episode is a special one to say the least. I brought Kathleen Shannon on the show again for a more in-depth discussion. We have both recently needed to address the question, how do you know when to give it up or when to give it your all? I hope you enjoy facing or have recently faced where you've needed to make this decision. So I recently had a baby. He's five months old this week. His name is Fox. And with that, I have found that prioritizing my life has become a whole new skill set, just like delegating or anything else. And so I was recently looking at everything I've got in my life, the things that are really important to me and the things that I give my time and attention to. And I said something has to give because I'm just feeling a little spread thin. And so I was working through it with my mama coach. Her name is Rebecca Egbert and talking it through with her like, okay, here are the things I've got and just weighing them all out. And I said, as much as it feeds my heart and feeds my soul, I feel like I need a break from blogging. And so my blog, which is annkathleen.com, I've been blogging there for six years. It has been the number one tool, the most valuable asset I have to capturing and shaping and sharing my life. So not just the stuff that's going on. I mean, I think that there's this impression that I know like some people are just living their life to blog, but I don't think that's a bad thing whenever you're doing really awesome things. Like if you're doing really awesome things to blog about, like you're going to have an awesome life. And so that's been my experience. So I, with a little bit of hesitation and a little bit of fear, I've decided to take a summer break from the blog and just spend some time soaking up some sun and watching some, you know, binging on Netflix and... (laughs) Maybe taking a nap. Um, I will still be writing at Braid Creative, and I will still be writing our Letters for Creatives, which is an exclusive newsletter that goes out every week. But as far as my personal blog goes, I need to take a break. And part of that is because as a new mom, I've had a big shift in my identity. And so I need to really reassess what it is that I want to capture, shape, and share in that online space, which has been so personal and so amazing and so good to me. And my readers have been so amazing and so good to me. You know, I would say like it's with a heavy heart that I'm not going to be blogging, but it's really not. I'm actually really <laughs> excited to have, have a summer vacation. And that's what I'm looking at it as is a summer vacation. And I'm about to write a post. I hate, I hate blogging about blogging or blogging about <laughs> not blogging even more specifically. I just think it's a little bit of a I, it seems silly to me, but I I feel like I owe it to write a little bit of a post just saying that, you know, my favorite time of the year growing up was that last day of school where you can look back and say, man, I've come a really long way in this last year. I've grown mm-hmm. up a lot. And then you take the summer off to run around bare feet and scrape some knees and get a little bit of a tan and come back to school well rested. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm I'm ready to level up. I'm ready to go up a grade and to do that, to give it my all. So, you know, talking about this podcast, giving it all or giving up, I'm doing a little bit of both. I'm giving up for about six weeks so I can give it my all whenever I come back. Mm. 
Have you ever taken a break as extended of a break as this? I, so whenever I did the Mount Everest trek, I took about a month off, but I, I did a lot of posts in advance that I scheduled to go up. Mm. And I think I still might do something like that just so that my blog isn't entirely static. Or if I was smart, I would get guest posters to come in. But yeah, no. So the answer is no. I've never taken this extended of a break from the blog. Mm. Do you feel like with this new identity, being a mother, and kind of actually the last year kind of transforming yourself, going through Martha Beck's coaching and becoming more of a personal coach, business coach, amalgam. Do you find that the content or the followers of your blog is changing and that you're having to also reevaluate where you want to take it or if you want to follow it, like lead versus follow? That's a really great point too. I feel like I was starting to, I was really trying to embrace the overlap between work and life. So I was writing a lot about coaching and a lot of the concepts that I'm learning there that have transformed my life. Part of me feels like I want to take a step back in some ways with my blog and go back to the roots of what it was, which was whenever I bought this house that I'm living in right now, I started my blog to document that remodel. And it just transformed as it does, as my life changes, because I write about my life, Mm -hmm. you know, the content changes. It follows, it follows my life. As my readership grew, it was tempting to follow their lead and to say, you know, what do you want to hear about? But I've never once done a reader survey. And I care about my readers, but my blog ultimately is a place for self-expression. And so all of that to say, I kind of want to take a step back because I've had this huge shift in my personal life, in my family, becoming a mom. That's where I'm at right now. And so I think I was resisting the whole... I didn't want to be called a mom blogger, and I'm certainly not going to be solely blogging about my baby because my life is more than just my baby. I'm really trying to figure out where to draw the line there as far as what I share, too, (laughs) because it's his life, too, now. And I'm thinking of a lot of things I didn't have to think about before, and I'm having to consider those. Anyway, all of that to say, like, I'm, I'm wanting to take a step back. And maybe start blogging about my life again and not blogging so much about work or explicitly trying to push a certain product, even though that supports me, you know, and I don't do traditional advertising on my blog. I don't accept sponsors. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to being compensated for my work. And the best way to compensate myself is by asking people to engage with my professional services and offerings. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. I'm curious to see what I learn over the next six weeks, but it's I'm starting to feel like I've spent the last two and a half, three years setting up Braid, and so that's been my baby, and that's what I've been talking about on my blog. <laughs> so yeah, like I went really professional on my blog because I was living this life where I was building a business. So that's what you were learning. That's what I was learning, and so yeah. now what I'm learning is how to be a mom, and so I think that my blog might go back to more of its personal roots where I'm talking about house and family and what that means and the challenges that we come up against, the insecurities, the vulnerabilities, and even the little successes too. Um, I think that there's this whole trend going on out there that's like keeping it real, right? Which is always sharing the hard, bad stuff. But if I'm keeping it real, my life is pretty fantastic. And so I want to share the good stuff too. I want to share like what's great. But I need to, I need a break to go on adventures so that I can blog about them. (laughs) Because right now I'm just stuck in this vicious 
cycle where I'm, if I'm always sitting at my computer writing, I won't have anything to write about. Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm facing a similar break. Yeah. What are you up to? I want to hear, let's hear what you're giving up or giving at all. (laughs) Um, well, I haven't decided if I am, if I'm going to walk away or take a beat. I'm kind of leaving that open for right now, but almost if I'm really, truly honest with myself, probably since I started this podcast, I've felt this insane tension between the type of work I want to do and the way I want my day to feel and be and the requirements of producing a weekly show. If I go back even farther and think about when I started started the conversation with friends and and campaign monitor even that was like uh summer last year and then in january february i went through a course with sarah bray and everything shifted in my business and it wasn't a big shift it was more of a refinement but with that refinement came clarity and bigger purpose and a bigger vision and this podcast just hasn't really fit that specifically. It's still supporting it in some ways. But anyway, all that to say, I was feeling just underwater since I started this in February and being just one week after another on top of myself, like not having six weeks out. It was just, I feel like it's even more, there's even more mental space needed for it than writing. Yeah. Because of the scheduling, because I'm working with other people during it. And also because it requires me to be literally sitting at my desk in my office. Like I can't work remotely. I can't work with anybody else in the room. It just kind of locks me in into this isolated box. And so anyway, all that to say, I've been feeling this unrest and not knowing what to do with it because I think it's an awesome, super awesome product. I'm really proud of myself. Um, I'm proud that I went out and got Campaign Monitor to sponsor it. And that's been a good source of revenue for, for my business right now. So I feel like while it's really good for my people and it's really good for my business, and I'm sure like if I stuck with it, it would be really great. Like, you know, 10, 12 months down the road, it would be generating a lot of traffic and, and all that. But it's not good for me. So the first week of June, I had a conversation with Campaign Monitor and they're having to do some refocusing and have some internal structural stuff changing. So our partnership is ending at the end of this month. And instead of feeling sadness around that, (laughs) I felt this absolute relief of like, hey, Aaron, here's permission to listen and to just accept it for what it is and be okay with taking a break from it at the very least and know that all this time and all this new knowledge and effort that's put forth is not a waste. It was just another building block for this foundation that I'm building. So that's kind of where I'm at with this podcast. And I'm sure that's probably a little bit of a shock to the listeners, but um, hopefully they can understand. You guys understand Um, (laughs) that, that, you know, when you do these things for your business or your life, it has to be efficient and sustainable in every category. It's kind of like like the whole sustainability movement. One of my beefs with it is that 
a lot of people only look at one aspect, whether that is environmentally sustainable or energy sustainable, and they're not looking at the fiscal impact or the human impact. And we have to look at things as a sphere and not just as a wedge and make sure that it works for every piece of who we are. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's huge. I have a question. Mm-hmm. If Campaign Monitor hadn't been restructuring and they were still like, yeah, you know, we love the podcast and you're still getting great feedback from all of your listeners. At what point do you feel like that gut feeling would have taken over and you would have like, do you think it would have been a year down the road or at what point would you have decided this is too much? Or do you think it would have been around the same time? Gosh, I don't know. It, it was really building. Um, I told myself that I was going to stick it out through the end of the year. And that I should have listened to that right there. Oh, you're (laughs) going to stick it out. (laughs) Right. As if it's like this grueling, horrible thing. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. I think it probably would have been fairly soon because I've got some summer stuff coming up. The biggest thing is that my sister and my best friend are pregnant and expecting babies at the end of the summer. And, you know, I want to be there for my little nephew and little niece. And and I'd love to be there to I I don't want this to be all about babies, but (laughs) apparently this is the time in our life right now. but I was like really stressing about, okay, well, I want to help my sister because she's my sister and like that's super important. But how am I going to take off two weeks from the podcast? <laughs> so I've been like thinking about this constantly, wanting to put my life and my family first, but still feeling this, I don't know if it's obligation. I don't think that's the right word. But th- maybe this responsibility to my people and to my business and to this thing that I'm building that I want to stay on track and I want to build, continue to build momentum. And so I just, I think that that would have given out in a month or two anyway. And I would have had to figure something out at least at the very least taken a break and, and figured that out with campaign monitor as well. So is there something else then that is going to serve as an outlet for building that momentum? Because for me, it's, I'm not afraid of losing momentum because I feel like Braid has, I feel like we've got traction on our own. Like it's not so dependent on me and my personal brand. So anyway, do you have another outlet that you're going to be thinking about? Or is the whole point like, no, I just need to focus on my family? (laughs) Well, I mean, we're not in crisis, so I don't feel like I need to spend every, every minute being all about my family. But, um... No, I think not doing the podcast will free up literally 10 hours a week and probably 20 hours of mental space. (laughs) Yeah. I realized, and I've known this for a while, but this kind of solidified it, that when I used to do web design and development, I would go like a week or two doing just development, and then I would really struggle to get back into the design side of things and vice versa. But the worst transition for me is to go from linear thinking, logistics to organic, creative, conceptual stuff. Mm -hmm. There is no shifting on that one. You got to like stop the car, turn it off, take a break, (laughs) 
then turn it back on, put it in first gear and go real slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, I just can't do that, uh, that shift. And so what I had never even dreamed of or thought of when I first started this was how logistical it is and how many moving parts there are and how much, how much of that linear process is required of this work. So mm-hmm. that right there was such an energy drain mm. that I felt like I haven't been able to put as much effort into my newsletter and serve my people that way. I haven't been able to get my new website out the door because I have struggled to write the website content because that is sort of a creative process for me. So not doing this will allow me to really pour myself into my writing. I'm creating a course that's going to launch this fall all about using relationship development to build your design business. And I'm super excited to actually have the capacity to give that my all because that's where my heart is. And I can write from wherever I want to. (laughs) I can go to the coffee shop and co-work with my friends and and just have their presence around me to help me focus because that's something that I've also learned is that I don't focus very well when I sit by myself. So Interesting. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned was energy, and that's something that we talked about before we hit record on the podcast, is how do you measure energy? So one of the things I mentioned before um, was that I knew that I would be putting my baby in daycare for five to six hours a day, and I was like, man, I can get a lot done in five or six hours. I'm really efficient, and I'm really fast. So I could get some coaching, a client meeting, a blog post or two done in six hours, And I didn't realize how much energy is required. Well, A, I'm not sleeping yet. So that's one thing. You know, I'm not able to refuel in proper ways Mm -hmm. that you kind of take for granted, um, like sleep. Anyway, so um, like how do you measure energy and how do you know what is worth your time, what is worth your energy, and how do you you measure energy against time? Hmm. Yeah. So I've learned that my new currency it's worth more to me even than time and money because I, I used to just plot time and money against each other and now it's time money and energy and so mm. I guess I'm still trying to figure out exactly how do I measure how do I measure energy I don't know it probably goes to how you feel and so that's one of those things where if at the end of the day we we're talking about symptoms for how do you know when to quit or how do you know when to give up mm-hmm. How do you know when to give it your all? If I'm getting irritable with my husband, if I'm getting resentful of my baby, something's got to give, you know, because my husband and my baby are my favorite people in the whole world. So there's no reason I should be irritated or annoyed Mm. with them, you know, like on a more long-term basis, it's cool to like be annoyed for a minute, but when things start taking their toll. Right. Well, you could say the same thing for client work. When you are starting to build a little bit of resentment toward your clients or, or maybe it's not directed at the person, but at the project itself, then something isn't right. And, and you should probably listen to what that thing is, or at least ask yourself why you're feeling resentful or hesitation to maybe figure out a little bit more of, you know, whether, whether you should give it your all or give it up. And you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm, I'm thinking about my blog, which is one of my favorite things. I love writing there. I don't feel resentment or hostility or sadness around it. And so it's funny. I was thinking, man, maybe I'm giving up the wrong thing. Like what, 
what is really draining my energy right now? And yeah, I, that's for a good me, question. Like, for me, it, it truly is just not sleeping. I would have, I think I would have the energy for the blogging if I were sleeping. So I was looking at it, like, what are all my favorite things? And I have these non-negotiables. So I have, I have to get my workout in every day. I would love to be able to get a meditation in. And sometimes it's just two minutes, but I've got to do that for centering. And then some other non-negotiables are my evenings and weekends and even my mornings, you know, making sure I have time to cook good meals and eat them with my family and hang out and not be on my computer all evening. Mm -hmm. So I've got these non-negotiables, but then I still have to make money, right? We all still have to make a living. So braid and our client work, we can't let that go. And to be honest, I've got a whole team of people helping me there. So it's not that that has to go. And so with the blog, I think it was, you know, if you love it, set it free and it will, it will <laughs> come back to you. Or, you know, it felt more like that. It felt more of, uh, I just want to celebrate the summer, you know, so even if you are a number one student and you love school, you probably also love your summers. So I just needed this time to celebrate and celebrate summer and soak up the energy from the sun if I'm not getting it in my sleep. <laughs> so you've got me thinking about it for sure. Is there something else that needs to go? And that's a question that Tara and I at Braid are constantly asking our own clients. Is Our clients are these creative entrepreneurs who are never at a lack of ideas. They've mm -hmm. got tons of ideas. And so we always ask if you had to cut it in half, what would remain? And so whenever hmm. I ask myself if I had to cut what I'm doing in half, what stays? Oh, that's a good question. It's been, it's been a really, it's been, it's been a hard choice for me. And I think it's just the, the blog is the easiest thing to go without consequences. Yeah. Because I guess it's the only thing I'm solely responsible for. Whereas Braid pays the bills and it's work that is worth doing. My family obviously deserves my attention. <laughs> We've been talking about how to determine what is worth your time. You mentioned Danielle Laporte a while back. I think that was in our pre-interview talk, but she has the desire map, which is all about discovering your core feelings. Is that what it is? Yeah. So she's all about stop making goals that are, I want to make, you know, X amount of dollars or I want a team of 10 people or, you know, stop making these hard concrete goals or even I want a podcast or I want a blog. And instead it's, I, how do I want to feel? Yeah. Do I feel free? Will a podcast make me feel free? Do I want to feel connected to my family? Will my blog help me feel connected to my family? And so maybe that's actually, sorry, I'm kind of working through this with my blog thing right now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like, why am I taking a break? Should I? And I think it's how do I want to feel? And right now I want to feel rested and I want to feel, I really want to pour some energy into, so I'm also about to move my home. And so I really want to pour a lot of energy into creating this new home for my family. Mm -hmm. And I want to feel connected and rooted and grounded and secure, all these things. And the blog, maybe because I do have this shift in identity, like I need to go figure out my identity and the blog is it throws it up in my face. And my blog asks me the question every morning, who are you? Hmm. And if I say, I don't know, that makes me feel vulnerable and scared and insecure. So maybe what it is, I need to go figure my shit out on my own <laughs> offline. 
so that I can come back and say, this is who I am hmm. and do it with the same kind of confidence I've been bringing to the table for the last six years, because yeah. that's my readers need. Yeah. I mean, maybe they don't need it, but that's what I need. That's what I need to deliver to my readers and my, my tribe is that confidence because that's what I want them to have. You know, I'm, I'm not totally sold on Danielle Laporte and her, well, really everything she talks about, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like the idea of the desire map and I like the idea of thinking about things in terms of how you want to feel versus what you want to accomplish. Um, and I think in a lot of cases that works, I don't necessarily think you can manifest those feelings per se, because I think a lot of times we're just going to feel what we feel and there's only so much control we can have over that. But with any project to determine whether or not it's worth your time Again, asking, well, is it going to allow me to do something, be something, or feel something that I desire? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't do one of those, or if it does one but not another, that is really key and are at the core of who you are, then it's not worth doing. Even if it's an amazing project, or even if it's a great business idea, or I've been thinking about how designers create mock-ups and send those to the client. And sometimes you create a really awesome design. And um, from your perspective, it works really well. It's beautiful, delivers their message perfectly, but they get it and they say no. And they go with the other one that you really didn't want them to choose because they're always going to choose the one you don't want them to choose. That's lesson number one. (laughs) Which is why designers (laughs) stop showing two options. Yeah. But anyway, but still (laughs) there are times when you create something and you think it's the right thing but it's not always the right thing for them or it's not the right thing for you. Well, I think that that we were talking earlier about knowing what you want and knowing why you're doing it. And I think that those are other ways to get to those core values and those, that clarity of feelings. Mm -hmm. So I think that I hear what you're saying about sometimes we just feel what we want, feel what we feel but it's, I think that the question isn't asked enough or we don't look at it enough is how do we want to feel? So a few months ago, like I'll admit, I wanted to feel famous. I wanted to feel like I was the center of the universe. And right now I don't want to feel that way. I just want to, I just want to nap. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that my blog is a platform for me to feel special and to make me feel like I matter and like I have a voice in the world. And I don't need to feel that way right now. So maybe instead of like thinking of giving things up or giving things your all, it's just (laughs) reorganizing the pie. Explain that. I guess, again, like going back to where you put your energy and how you want those. I I think that we do have control over our feelings. Sorry, I'm probably not answering the question or (laughs) going completely off target again. But I think whenever you have clarity of feelings, you know what you need to do and you know what you need to be and you know what you need to feel to generate that outcome. So I guess it's like that, that, nor- that true North Star, right? What is, your, what is your North Star? And I think a lot of people don't know what they want or they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And it is because true. someone else did it. Well, yeah, I, it's a little tangential, but I, I think that you can go into something with those intentions, but then life happens. Yeah. So that's the part where I don't think you can control like when someone dies and how you feel about that. 
Sure. I mean, you can control how you react to it to some degree, but you know, grief takes its own, its own form and it's going to do what it does. So I think it's really good to ask, what do you want and why do you want it? And every idea you have to kind of bring it back to that and either justify it with your why or reevaluate the what. So I want to shift and talk more about how do you know when to walk away or when to push through? What are the indicators of that? We talked a little bit about um, like resentment or annoyance coming up on a regular basis and knowing that something needs to change there. But what are some of the other signals, whether that's internal from ourselves or external from our peers and our family, knowing whether or not it's fear dictating our decisions? What signals do you think are at play when you make these kind of decisions, Kathleen? So how do I know when to walk away from a project is I listen to those gut feelings and I also listen to the words coming out of my mouth. And so just like you said earlier, I'm going to try and make it to the end of the year. You know, listen to those words coming out of your mouth. Like listen to what you're saying to the people that you trust the most. If you're constantly saying things like I'm spread thin, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, those are indicators, like not just those feelings, but the expression of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can also be tired and exhausted and spread thin doing something that you love and something that is absolutely worthy of your time. Mm-hmm. I've decided to give it my all with Braid Creative and not quit and become a stay-at-home mom because I feel traction there. I feel I feel like I'm doing good work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm tired, but I'm also, and I'm also, uh, you know, making a good paycheck. So again, like just getting really practical and getting away from all the touchy feely talk, I'm making good money. Like, and I can't walk away from that either. So, well, you can, but you don't yes, want to. That's true. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. And again, I think that money is just another way to measure energy. Money is energy. Um, but I have other factors that I need to use to measure my energy too. Like how, how am I feeling in my body? Hmm. I think that we don't give a lot of credit to the wisdom that our bodies hold. And so if I'm getting sick a lot, if my bones feel tired, mm-hmm. um, if my heart is racing. So that's another thing. Like I, I hold a lot of my feelings in my gut. And so that said, there's sometimes the feelings of fear are very similar to the feelings of excitement. Hmm. So really, and I think that's probably more starting a project than quitting a project. I think it's harder to start than it is to quit. Maybe for me. I don't know. Because you just saying that you're making good money and you can't quit. And I'm I'm not going to hold you to that because I know that that wasn't necessarily what you were saying. But I think there are a lot of instances, whether money's at play or not, where we feel like, well, I'm doing this or I'm able to do this and I can't walk away from that. And that language kind of locks us into this mode of like, I got to do it. I got to do it. Everybody else thinks I should do it. I can't walk away. When the reality is, yeah, you can walk away. You can walk away at any time. Food on the table jobs being put aside because obviously there are certain things that we have to have like shelter and water and food, but those things aside, let's say that you have everything you need, like survival wise taken care of. 
those projects where you feel locked in because it's really good for your people or it's really good for your bank account, those times are the are the times where I feel like it's really hard to listen to that gut. It's really hard to take a step back and say, oh, well, I know what I'm feeling, but I don't want to listen because it means that I have to come out publicly and say that I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Or I have to come out publicly and say that this blog that I've been doing for six years is going to take a breath that's longer than any other breath. And people are going to wonder, well, is she really going to come back? <laughs> right. You know, what if you get to the end of the six weeks and you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's my biggest fear. Yeah. So what happens? And I haven't so, mentioned that. Like, that's my biggest fear is that I'm going to take six weeks off and realize I don't need sweet, it or want it bliss. anymore. <laughs> and oh my God, like what if, um, because this blog has served me so well for so long and maybe it's kind of like this house where this house I've been living in the, for the past six years. So my house and my blogs are at the same time. Oh my gosh, this is, this is getting really creepy. Like I didn't realize, but <laughs> I'm moving homes and I'm taking this break from this blog where like it all started in the same place and from the same place to hmm, document the remodel of my home. It is totally parallel. So again, I think it's just, I don't, I don't want to leave the blog. It really, again, it, I think it's good for, my soul. And I think that it's good. I think it's my biggest way I can reach people in a positive way. Okay. So I have some thoughts Yeah, and I'm going to interject. I think that being okay with that unknown and not knowing what's going to happen or how you're going to feel at the end of it, just like when you went into pregnancy and having your first kid, you didn't know how you're going to walk out on the other end. And that's a little bit scary, but being okay with taking a break from something, knowing that it might be the end of it is okay. Yeah. There's a concept called sunk costs or sunk cost. And it's the, the idea that we invest so much in this thing and this thing is not working. So a lot of times sunk costs will make us feel like, well, I've put so much into it that I have to keep going. <laughs> and that's just the fear of cutting your losses and walking away. And I'm not saying that this blog is a loss for you or this podcast is a loss for me, but to be okay with the end of something means the beginning of something else. That's true. And it could open up a huge world for you. You could totally reinvent yourself. You could create a whole new blog, a whole new online presence. You could have a different focus and it could be amazing. But the thing is, I can do that at Anne Kathleen. It's my name. It's my life. I know, you know but I I'm can, saying it doesn't have to be the same. Same format or yeah, the same yeah, exactly. delivery style. Exactly. I can't help but think about relationships and divorce. And I've been divorced. I got married really young and divorced young. And that sunk cost feeling is what leaving a long-term relationship feels like mm. because you've already put so much into it. And so yeah. I think that the same feelings, okay, probably you and me and everyone listening to this podcast has been through a breakup, right? And whenever you're going through it, it hurts and it feels bad, but maybe it should hurt and feel bad. Your heart is being broken and really leaving a project that you love or even don't love, but have put a lot of effort into Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt and it's going to suck. And maybe that's okay too. Yeah. Because just like relationships, we're all in better ones now, probably most likely if you're not like break up, move on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
not to turn this into like the Dan Savage podcast or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that there is like a really a parallel there. Totally. Yeah. And it's just, I just, I really believe that when you allow something to die or to be buried or to be a chapter closed, it opens up so many more possibilities and you, you will have the capacity and the mental space and the energy to create something new and dream up the next thing that you can pour your energy into. Yeah. You have me like thinking now. (laughs) I like what you said about being okay with the unknown. And that's something I've been practicing in my own life and something every person who wants to be their own boss or is their own boss has to practice is Mm -hmm. being okay with uncertainty. Holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we're just testing ourselves here with the podcast and with the blog. We're just testing how much uncertainty we can handle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, the, the day. So I talked to campaign monitor who I have nothing but amazing things to say about just for the record. They are as awesome as I say they are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm maybe a little bit biased, but they're wonderful people and have been extremely supportive of everything. So a little bit of a shout out there. But the day I talked to them, I, I walked away from that call feeling a little pang of sadness, but a lot of excitement around creating something new. And I went and I called my friend Keith Nerdin, who lives uh, about 50 minutes from here. And he's a great guy to talk to, um, has a fun website and a cool new podcast actually called The Hobo Entrepreneur Show. It's hobo.fm. He and I talked for probably two hours. I said, Keith, they're not going to support it anymore. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, 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 it's a good thing. (laughs) And we kind of hashed it out for a while. And I was like, there are so many things that I could do with it. I could change the format to make it a little bit more sustainable for me. I could dream up something totally new. I could think a little bit more about doing something more unique because interview style podcasts are a dime a dozen and not everybody likes to listen to them and they're very time consuming on both ends. So what is it that I could create that is more bite-sized with the same kind of impact that would be supportive of my brand and supportive of my products and programs. So just that one closed door, that immediate like, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with the unknown opened up a huge world for me. Yeah. I just wrote down, what do I want to create instead? (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to create something instead. I think I need to not create for six weeks. Like I really do need this summer break just like a kid, you know, and watch mm-hmm. some bad TV and <laughs> lay in the sun, soak well, there's, it up. There's a reason there's summer break for kids. Yeah. The way our structure is, we have a fairly intensive nine months, and then the kids get, their minds get freed up. It's just like when we're so intensely working on a project and can't find the solution, but mm-hmm. the moment we let it go and we say, you know what, I don't have the answer today. And you walk away, your brain kicks into high gear in the background and is able to solve problems for you without you having to do any of the work. Yeah. So it's a similar, there's similarities there in being able to step away and take a break and take a breath and do something that is not related. So I think that this comes again full circle to giving it up versus giving it all. 
And you have to give something up to give whatever else is deserving of your time and attention and energy your all, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, it's just a give and take. And I don't know if you remember at Designer Vacay, Julia, Julia Kostrova, she said that she saved up for a while so that she could give herself the gift of a month. And she took an entire month off to just develop her own line and her own product. So she mm-hmm. had been doing client work and she gave herself a month to a month off of client work to work on her own product. And now she has this really amazing product line of iPhone cases and notebooks and she's a crazy talented. And so it's like she was giving up some client work, mm-hmm. to give her own work and her own passions, her all. And so I think that maybe the question is, whenever you give something up, what is it that you're going to give your all instead? And so for me, I'm going to give up my blog for six weeks so I can give my family and my baby and a little bit of sleep my best effort. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and vice versa, what would you rather be giving your all and what do you need to give up in order to do that? Is that rhetorical? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to answer that right now, I'll start crying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Going back to Danielle Laporte, she was recently about to launch a magazine, and she has a huge platform where she could be very successful and probably lucrative in anything that she does. So she's about to launch a magazine, and she said that she heard this whisper. And I know that she's a little woo-woo, but she had this whisper telling her that not to do it. And so it made me think maybe sometimes knowing when to give up isn't just these big gut feelings or getting sick. Maybe it's something that's not much more than a whisper. And so Mm. really gaining the tools to be able to listen to those whispers through things like probably meditation or whatever it is that you have to do to take time to yourself, working out, taking a long bath, whatever it is, giving yourself that space and time to be able to hear those whispers I think is really important. Sometimes you can make big decisions on little teeny tiny whispers versus big gut feelings or big external factors. That is some great advice from the lovely Kathleen Shannon. Thanks again so much for being on the show. Well, there you have it, my friends. Tis true. I'll be taking below the fold on hiatus for the summer without any idea of what will come this fall. In the meantime, if you'd like to stay connected, I tweet at Aaron Anneker, or you can sign up on my website at pixology.is, which will soon be betwixt.is. If you've not yet looked into Campaign Monitor, check out their most recently launched project at canvas.cm. This tool allows you to easily customize beautiful email templates for you and your clients. A big, giant, Mega thanks to Campaign Monitor for their support because this show would not have happened without them. And a special hug goes to Roz. You're the best. Lastly, thanks to Mike and Rob Edmondson. The music was just perfect. All right, listeners, stay cool and have a great summer. <laughs>